0: good amen. let's welcome brother randall greer here today in dayton tennessee amen
1: here we are in dayton tennessee monkey town, monkey town. i asked people you know in tennessee like at knoxville when we land i, I usually talk to some of the uh what they call lad guys that's the people that pumps the fuel and the people that work at the counter I said you ever heard of monkey town And so I have to give them a little lesson on what Monkey Town is. Turn to Mark chapter 5 by direction of the Lord this afternoon. Mark chapter 5. I want to talk to you about this particular thought or idea. Your healing has more to do with you than it does with God. Your healing has more to do with you than it does with God. Jesus has rested from his works. You don't have to talk God into healing you anymore. You don't have to beg him for your healing. You don't have to wait on him for your healing. Healing is already the children's bread. It belongs to you now. So legally, scripturally, healing belongs to you. You, 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 and even me. Legally, scripturally, it is mine. But experientially, what people experience many times is different than what is legally, scripturally theirs. And there could be different reasons, but I'm just going to go at it from one side. Today, because there's different Reasons that people experience it. But if you want to be healed in your body, totally completely healed in your body, and not have sickness and disease in your body, you have come to the right place today. I can't do a thing for you, but I know the man who can. I'm going to show you in the Bible how you, yourself, can be totally free from sickness and disease. It's not my idea. It is God's idea. Remember, I made this statement, and that's what I'm talking about. You're healing, you receiving healing your body, being without sickness and disease you being without pain or any problem or anything in your life, physically speaking, depends more upon you than it does upon the Lord. Mark chapter 5. And verse number 25. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood, 12 years or for 12 years she had been bleeding out of her body a certain woman means this is not an allegory it is not a story it is not a parable this is a real person this is a real lady right said, brother randy we know all that we just want to make sure we understand we get the good background this is not just a fairy tale this is a reality This is a real lady that had been bleeding from her body for 12 long years. Now, she'd had this condition for how long? How do you know? You are good students. Because if the Bible says it, that makes it true. If I say it, it doesn't make it true. Whatever I say is not true unless it agrees with the Bible. You know what I mean? So there was a real lady that had a real problem, a real physical condition. She was bleeding from her body for 12 long years. 12 years. Why? Because she didn't know what to do. She didn't know how to fix it. She went to the doctors of her day, remember? She spent all the money she had. We're going to read that in the scripture. In fact, we'll just go ahead and read it. So you won't think I'm making it up. It said here that she had this this certain woman, which means it's a real person, was bleeding from her body for twelve years. Verse 26. And it goes on to say this this lady, it was a real lady, not a not a Imaginary figure, a real lady. She had suffered many things of many physicians. We would call it she would suffered from going to many doctors. Yeah. Has anybody ever suffered? <laughs> In other words, the, the potion they give you was worse than the condition that you had. Like when I was dealing with the issue of, of prostate cancer, they wanted to do something called uh, proton therapy. And I'm not against that. Some people do get help for that, you know. But I prayed about it. And, and the Lord just told me, don't do propronotone therapy. And uh, he said, to have surgery. Now, now, let's talk about that. Don't throw me out yet. We're talking about healing. So you said, well, Brother Randy, why didn't the Lord just heal you? You know, I'm glad I knew you was going to ask me that question. <laughs> I thought you'd stay up all night, all day why in the Lord didn't he, why didn't he just do it? Well, I'm going to tell you this story. Dr. Kenneth E. who we all called Dad Hagen, was praying for his wife. Her name was Aretha Hagen, And uh, she had a gourd growth in her throat. And it started getting larger and larger and larger to the point that she would have choking spells and sometimes her airway would be cut off. And she would lose her mind or memory for a moment. She, and Brother Hagin would have to take her and kind of shake her. Honey, honey. Because she wouldn't getting enough oxygen to her brain. And uh, so he was greatly concerned. And he sensed that if she had surgery for that gurt, gorder and had it cut out, that growth in her throat. That she would die now by her own admission we called her mom Higgins a term of endearment not disrespect but of respect we called her mom Higgins. but of her own testimony about the same fact that she had known for years that if she had surgery for that growth in her throat that she would die and that's why she wouldn't go to the doctor to have surgery she wouldn't go because they could have done surgery it was very crude in those days compared to our day but she wouldn't go so dad hagan started talking to the lord about his wife not telling her of course said lord let me keep my wife he said my children need their mama because they had ken and pat you know it's pastor hagan now and and, the reverend pat harrison today that was his son and daughter They need their mama. And say, she's a big help to me. And I need her. And Lord, I don't want my wife to die. Because he knew it. He just knew it. He didn't tell her that. And she didn't tell him that she knew she would die if she had the surgery. She just, how did she know? She just knew it in her spirit. She just sensed it. That she would die. And so he'd been praying this way for quite some time. So in a special move of God, you know, you can have, that's why it's good to be where God's at. I said it's good to be where God is at. Isn't that right, Miss Trudy and Mr. Bill? It's good. God's got his own timing. All this time that Dad Hagin had been talking to the Lord, the Lord ain't said a word to him. He just kept it up. He kept it on the the back burner of the stove. You know how y'all do you will put the fried chicken on the front. You'll put them beans on the back. Put them hog dows. Woo, my Lord, that fat back in there. I mean, it, I mean that's, that's that good stuff, you know. <laughs> but he just kept it up for the Lord. Hadn't heard of had the thing. But in a special move of God one night, the Lord just moved in to a service. And the spirit of prayer just kind of come on him. And so he, he began to pray and he was praying, other people in the church were praying. And then he sat down, remember, on the steps. You remember that? Was you there? Yeah. He <laughs> couldn't. Sister minute, was you there? But anyway, he sat down on the steps of the platform, a little short steps. He sat there, and he just prayed in tongues, worshiping the Lord. And all of a sudden, this is Dan He'd been praying about his wife for quite a while. I mean, months, maybe a year or two. He'd been praying, hadn't heard a word. And there's a special move. That's why it's always pays to be led by the Spirit and be where God's at. Regardless of what anybody else is doing. He's sitting on them steps, just sitting there worshiping the Lord, and everybody's praying. All of a sudden, three feet away from me. Do you know how much three feet is? My hand is probably, well, my, my shirt sleeve is a 36-inch sleeve. So that would be three foot from me while he's sitting on the steps 3 foot away from him all of a sudden guess who appeared to dad hagen Jesus himself appeared to him and he said this he said i've come to answer your prayer now if jesus would come to answer dad hagen's prayer he will come to answer your prayer You've got to be persistent when you pray. Dad Hagin would not dis- disappointed. He just stayed in faith about it. He just believed the Lord would tell him something or help him. So the Lord appeared to him. Standing right in front of him, three foot. from him. Nobody else seen him, but he was, it was a gift of discerning of spirits. That's where you see into the spiritual realm as the Lord wills. And he's seen the Lord's turn. He said, I've come to answer your prayer. Dad Hagen said he knew immediately spiritual things. You know, he knew immediately what he was talking about. He'd come to answer his prayer about his wife. We call her mom Hagin, Aretha Hagin, his wife. He'd come to give him the answer. And he said, tell your wife to go and have surgery. I know that she's greatly concerned, and you've been greatly concerned. I'm paraphrasing. You've been greatly concerned, and she's been greatly concerned that she would die if she had this surgery. And he said it was in divine destiny that she die. But I have heard your prayer. Now, that didn't mean that God would plan to kill her. There, there's, there's, there's a whole another message. Dr. Chip can tell you all this. He knows more about it than I do. Divine destiny. He said, it's in divine destiny that your wife die from this quarter. He said, but I've come to answer your prayer. You tell her to go and have the surgery, and I'm going to speed up the healing process. It's going to even amaze the doctors of how quick she's going to recover from this. But tell her to go have the surgery. I got a question for you, because you asked me a question. Why did Jesus tell her to go have surgery? Couldn't he heal her? Couldn't he heal her? I don't know. Brother Hagin didn't argue with him about it. He was just glad he got an answer. Sometimes you just need to be led by the Lord. And he said this at the end of it. Oh, I've grabbed a hold of this, of what Jesus said to Brother Hagin at the end of telling him what to do and how it would work out and everything's going to be okay. He said this. This is what Jesus said. Oh, how I long to do for my children. If they would only ask me and believe me, he said, I want to help them, paraphrasing, in their life. He said he longs to do for his children. You're one of his children. He does not want you sick. He does not want me sick. And listen, just because you're attacked with something in your body or sickness and disease doesn't mean that you're mean or you're bad or you got a devil. (laughs) Remember my double devil seminar? (laughs) So that don't mean that. It don't mean you necessarily miss God either. It doesn't mean that. Because Jesus didn't say anything about Mom Hagan missing God. He said, oh, how I long to do for my children. If they would only believe me and not beg and cry and squall, but believe me. So if you can answer me that question, I'll answer you the question of why I had surgery. Jesus told her to go and have surgery. Why? When he the healer of all healers, by his stripes we are healed. All I know is whatever Jesus says, do it. Isn't that right? But your healing is more dependent upon you than it is upon God or the Lord Jesus Christ. Many people are waiting for God to do something when God is waiting for us to do something. So here we had this lady with the issue of blood. And it says here that she had suffered many things of many physicians. In other words, she had tried every lotion and potion known, everything that they had available as medical science that day. And said she had spent all that she had. You know, they didn't have insurance, you know. So she had spent all the money she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. In other words, she wasn't getting better. She was getting worse by the day everything she was deteriorating quickly this condition had been going on for 12 long years verse 27 gives us a clue to what brought her healing about said when she had heard of Jesus what did she do first she heard about Jesus what happened when she heard it brought hope it brought faith isn't that right she heard about Jesus. So in that, in other words, she had tried everything she had ever heard of, every potion, every doctor, every specialist that they could be in her day, she had tried them all, and nothing worked. But then she heard of Jesus and heard of the miracles that were happening in the the ministry, we would call it, of Jesus. The lame would walk, the deaf would hear, the dumb would talk, the paralyzed get up, the dead people would raise up, blind eyes would open, deaf ears would hear, you know, mangled body parts would come back into place. You could imagine what hope rose inside of her. So the first thing that you need to receive your healing Is hope. Hope. It's not the end, but it's the beginning. In other words, there's got to be an inkling inside of you, hey, this is possible. This is possible. Because see, everything looks impossible now. You done tried it all. All the new pills, all the new drugs that the FDA has released. We've tried it all and nothing seems to be working. You can get discouraged and you can lose all hope of ever seeing any change in your body. You can lose all hope of ever enjoying freedom from sickness and disease. You can lose it all, right? So the first thing you need is hope. In other words, it is possible. I don't have to be this way the rest of my life. I don't have to put up with this the rest of my life. And that's what happened to her. When she heard of Jesus, it brought hope. It brought a a joy. It brought an elation inside of her. It's possible. It's possible. Even though nothing has ever worked. Everything I've ever tried, every doctor, every shot, you'd call it, every pill, nothing's worked. She'd lost hope. But now, hope sprang up in her. Isn't that right? You see that in that scripture? It's in there. When she had heard of Jesus, when she had heard of Jesus, verse 27, she, it's been implied, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. She heard of Jesus and then she came, the same lady that heard, she came in the press behind and done what? Touched his garment. The second thing you need, and it's in this scripture, It's just not spelled this way. Is determination. You've got to be determined that I'm going to see this through to the end. She had hope, but hope alone wasn't enough. There had to be something that motivated her to act on the hope or belief or faith that had been put inside of her. Hope will lead you to faith. It's not the faith, but it'll lead you there. So this lady had dreamed about it, thought about it. She said, and I I believe it was more than just a five-minute deal here. I believe she heard about Jesus and she inquired about Jesus. She asked questions about Jesus to the point that it went from hope to faith and then a determination. If they got it, I'm going to get mine. If they got something, I'm going to get mine. I heard about so-and-so down there, and I didn't even know of them. <clears throat> and they're walking, and they used to be where they couldn't even walk. If he got his and she got hers, I'm getting mine. Yes. I'm getting it. There ain't nothing going to stop me. I'm going for it. So there must be hope. In other words, it gets rid of the discouragement. Of course, when you're hopeless, you have no, you, you, you have no faith that you're going to get healed. You're going to get known better. But when you have a hope in you that things can change... That will lead you to faith. And that's exactly what happened to her. A determination. A determination. That I'm going to get it. Are you determined? Are you willing to see it through to the end? You're willing not to let the devil talk you out of it. Are you willing not to let the devil take you and steal your hope, your faith, your dream? Are you willing? That's what this lady was willing She was determined. Isn't that right? It says, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. Why? Verse 28. For she said, in other words, before she acted on touching his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Notice what she said. She said, If I may touch but his garment, I shall be whole. She'll be made whole. I'll be well. So her hope and her determination brought her to action also, not only with going to touch him, but by the things she said from her mouth. So, number three, the words that you speak determine. Your destination. This lady just said before she touched him in his garment, she said, if I may touch but the hem of his garment, I shall behold. What are you saying? What are you declaring regardless of what it looks like? She said before she went, if I may touch but the hem of his garment, I shall behold. In other words, her point of contact to receive her healing was touching his clothes. Mm -hmm. Isn't that right? And she was determining her destination with the words that she spoke. So you have a hope, you have a determination which comes with words that you speak out of your mouth. Number three, you speak the word out of your mouth that shows your determination, your confession. That's what it did here. And then we see here in this, And straightway, verse number 29, the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. So, number four, what happens? Your faith always ends in sight. Your faith will always end in sight. It says straightway, which means right away, the fountain of her blood was dried up. In other words, she quit bleeding. Her body wouldn't bleed anymore. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. In other words, she started feeling better. For the first time in 12 long years, her strength come back. She felt better than she had ever felt in 12 years. Here it is. And she's healed in her body. It was dried up, the fountain of blood. It was gone. But how did she get there? Her hopelessness turned to hope. Her helplessness turned to determination. And then her confession, the words that she said, joined her determination. And then her actions brought her to this place that she touched the hem of his garment and she received healing in her body. Verse 30 says, And Jesus immediately knowing, in other words, right away when she touched him, in himself that virtue or power or the healing power of God, you could say, had gone out of him. He said he turned about in the press, this whole multitude of people that was there around him. And he said to his disciples, You... Who touched my clothes? He turned about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? That's what he was talking to his disciples. His disciples said unto him, You see the multitude thronging you, shoving you, pushing you all around you, and you say, Who touched me? In other words, a lot of people are touching you. And he looked around about her to see her, looked around about to see her that had done this thing. Notice he looked around about to see her. I believe he had a word of knowledge that it was a lady. You know, I know how the gifts of the Spirit operate. Don't know everything, but I, I believe that He knew it was late. He just didn't know exactly. But he looked around to see, tried to figure out who it was. But he looked around to see her. In verse thirty-three, says, "But the woman, fearing and trembling." Why was she fearing and trembling? Because we know that she should not be in public in the condition that she was in, because she was considered to be unclean. And so she shouldn't be out there. So she in fear and trembling, she didn't know if she was fixing to get in trouble or not, you know, for being out there. According to the health laws of their day, she should not be in that crowd of people. And the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and did what? Told him all the truth. I mean, she told him exactly what happened. What would she tell him? Hey, look. I've suffered many things with many physicians. I spent every dime that I got. I've been bleeding for 12 years, and I heard about you, Jesus. When I heard about you, hope sprang up inside of me, and I said, I heard about, oh, what's his name, Leroy down yonder, and old Cornbread over in the other corner over yonder. You remember Leroy and Cornbread. You know, they drove that semi-truck. You never heard my story about the semi. I ain't going to tell it right now. But anyway, old Leroy Leroy, Leroy and Cornbread drove that old truck, you know. I guess I'll tell it to you. Oh, Leroy and Cornbread, you know, they were driving that uh, semi-truck and they called him in to uh, give one of them a driving test, you know, and so they got him in there to the, the driving inspector, you know, and the, the officer that was in charge of and asking them, so he was giving them some hypothetical questions, you know, and uh, he finally got around to old Cornbread, you know, and asking him, you know, about different, you know, catastrophic situations in a truck, And he told old Cornbread, he said, Cornbread, I'm going to ask you this question if you tell me what you do. He said, if you and old old, uh, Leroy is uh, going down the truck and they run as a team, so one of them would sleep sometimes in the cab in the back, he had a sleeper cab, you know. And the other would be driving so they could get there quicker, you know, get the load and make more money. You're working double, you know, shifts, of course. And he said, Oh Leroy's asleep in the back, and he said, you fall off this big old hill over there in the mountains of West Virginia. You ever been over there? And y'all fell off one of them hills down there and you get about halfway down it and hit the brakes and there ain't no brakes. And that thing is loaded. You got 50, 60,000 pounds on the back of that thing or maybe even more rushing down that hill and you ain't got no brakes and there ain't nothing to do and you got cars everywhere. He said, cornbread, he said, what you gonna do And that big old semi-truck? And they said, oh, cornbread, just sat there and thought a minute real deep like, you know. He said, Well, sir, he said, the first things I was gonna do, he said, I'm gonna wake up Leroy. He said, Why are you gonna wake up Leroy? He said, because he ain't never seen no wreck like we fixing to have. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna Leroy to see this thing too, you know? <laughs> so I don't think he passed on that. You know what I mean? but now you know the story of old Leroy and cornbread and so the lady with the issue of blood she knew old Leroy and she knew cornbread and she knew that they had been greatly afflicted but she also heard that old Leroy and cornbread down yonder on the corner down around the other street down that side had got healed one of them had, had his leg all mangled up in that wreck he couldn't walk knew nothing all of a sudden he met Jesus and was bouncing and running all over the place and then the crash, you know, oh, uh, Leroy's eyes got messed up, and he couldn't see out of one of his eyes. It was totally blind. But he ran into Jesus, and Leroy was running around saying, I can see, I can see. She said, I heard about Leroy, Jesus, and I heard about cornbread. I heard about them. They are in that truck. Well, maybe they didn't have trucks in that day, but anyway. <laughs> and I heard about them, and it brought hope. I was hopeless, Jesus. I had no hope. I thought I was going to die. But when I heard about you, I decided that I was going to come. And I was going to touch the hem of your garment. And if anybody else ever got healed, I'm going to get healed. If anybody else got set free, I'm going to get set free. And Jesus, that's why I come out in this crowd, even though I know I ain't supposed to be out here because of health laws in our day, said, I come to touch the hem of your garment. And the power of God went into me, and I feel in my body I'm healed, and the bleeding has stopped. I'm set free, Jesus. Look what Jesus said. Woo! Y'all didn't know all this was in the Bible. You didn't know Leroy was in there, did you? Cornbread either. You'll remember next time. And he said to her, she told him all the truth, verse 3, 33, remember? The latter part of that verse, and told him all the truth. She told him about Leroy and cornbread, she told him about everybody. She told him all the truth. She didn't leave nothing out. It just don't write everything she said, See? I had to put Leroy in there for you and cornbread if you wouldn't know about him being in the Bible. Forgive me, Dr. Chip. But look what Jesus said. He said unto her, daughter, 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 you hear that word? Daughter? You hear that love in that word? That compassion in that word? He was so thrilled that she had done that. He said, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace. In other words, get rid of your worries. Get rid of your fear. Get rid of your anxiety. Because she, she, she was fearing and trembling. She thought she was going to get in trouble. But he didn't give her no trouble. He said, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. He said, Go in peace and be whole of thy faith plague is that what Jesus told her Jesus supernaturally agreed with what she had done now we're going to ask this question remember we said at the first of this service that your healing depends more upon you than it does upon the Lord so I got a question for you I stayed up thinking about it just like you do you don't want to ask me a question so I, I stayed up thinking about it who was responsible who let me say it again make sure we got everybody's attention who was responsible for this lady getting healed excuse me was. you can say it louder was. oh oh I thought you were going to tell me Jesus hunted her down I thought she was going to tell me that Jesus went to find her somewhere. What did she do? She went and she found Jesus. If she found him, you can find him. Standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. And you'll know him by the nail prints in his hands. Standing somewhere. In the shadows you'll find Jesus And you'll know him by the nail prints in his hands Don't make me sing. I'm telling you, Jesus is alive. If she found him, you can find him. He's not far from us at all. And we ask you the question, And I'm so very pleased with everybody. Very pleased. Because you got the answer right. Right. This lady's healing determined and was based upon what she did. Not upon what the Lord done, but of what she did. Notice, she didn't have to go hunt the power. The power was already there, you know, after she got to Jesus. So the power for healing, the anointing for healing, is already here. Jesus said this to Dad Hagin. It's in the book, the little bitty book, How to Write Your Own Ticket with God. Jesus told him that the power of God is always present Everywhere all the time the power of God is always present in fact I carry that little book I carry three books with me I just don't have it here it's it's out there in my vehicle I carry three books they go with me in my airplane they go everywhere and one of them is called How to Write Your Own Ticket with God it's a little 32 page mini book in my humble opinion that is the best revelation on faith in the earth today It agrees with the Bible, number one. Number two, it came straight from the lips of Jesus. The book was put in print by a man named Reverend Kenneth E. Hagin, but he only repeated what Jesus told him. There was four steps that Jesus said that we take in order to receive anything from God. Dad Hagin put the title in the book, How to Write Your Own Ticket with God. He put the title, not the Lord. And there was four steps. Say it. Do it receive it, and tell it. And it's based upon this story right here, Mark chapter 5. But in that book, Jesus also told him, and Brother Hagin just wrote it down, that that the power of God is always present to heal, to set free, to deliver, always. So we don't have to go hunt it down no more. We have to tap into that power. And the way you tap into it with with hope and determination, confession, and receiving what belongs to you. And then once you receive it, tell somebody else so they can believe. Tell somebody else so they can believe. That's what this lady did. She went and told somebody. Everybody heard her. She was making a confession right there. Isn't that right? So again, I carry that book, How to Write Your Own Ticket with God. And then the second little mini book I carry and I read and study and meditate on is How God Taught Me About Prosperity. And then another one that's nobody's, it's not people's popular favorite message it's a book called, I Went to Hell. I ain't talking about me. I ain't going there. But Brother Hagin went to hell three times. Or he didn't go all the way in, but he, he went down there. Third time he came up, remember? He was praying at the top of his voice. He died, left his body, and he went down to the gates of hell. And a creature, one of the creatures of the damned, come and got him by the arm, was going to put him in the gates, and he knew if he went in that gate, he'd never come back out. He's 16 years old, I believe is what it was, when that happened to him. But that book talks about that Every youth camp, not everyone, but almost everyone, I'll read parts of that book to the youth and scare the hell out of them. Excuse me, I ain't cussing. Because you don't hear it no more. People don't believe that there's a hell. They don't. They don't believe there's a hell, but there is a hell. The hell was created for the devil and his angels, but I always make sure the youth at our youth camps you know, learn about this and know about this. Because it's important that we do. Of course, we believe that God is on our side. He'll help us. So your healing is more dependent upon you than it is upon God. Now, let's balance that out with this statement. Because we want to be balanced. Dr. Chip has taught me very well and still working on me. But uh, I'll just tell Dr. Chip like I tell the Lord. He's still working on me. You're still working on me. But your healing, remember, is more dependent upon you than it is upon God. Remember that? Yeah. Is it?
0: Yeah.
1: What was I going to tell you? You remember? I just told you. <laughs> your healing is more dependent upon you than it is upon God. and Yeah, we're going to keep us in balance because of this. I'm not saying that you can't be healed sovereignly. This is the balance. I'm not saying that somebody could not be anointed of God and lay hands on you without you having one ounce of faith and you could receive your healing because you can. Because I remember a lady that's now passed away, but I was, at, uh, I, was I was speaking in a, a meeting. Uh, some of you here would know Pastor Judy Tillett when she was in Waynesville. I was speaking in a church there. And uh, what's her name, the lady from Philippines? Uh, you know who I'm talking Wanda. Wanda. Yeah, Wanda Casper, not the ghost. That was her name, Wanda Casper. Sister Wanda Casper. Well, I was in a meeting there, and we were speaking kind of like a camp meeting. I like, think well, it was two or three services a day. And uh, during that meeting, I got a lump in my throat. I mean a lump. And, and I thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the faith preacher guy. You know what I mean? I'm, I believe in God, and, you know, I went to that sort of I've been reamed out and all that kind of stuff, you know. But, I mean, in the, uh, and she, Sister Wanda was, uh, Casper was preaching too, you know. And I got, to, I mean, it got to where I couldn't hardly talk. I couldn't even say a word. And it was like just something had grabbed me by the throat. I know it was one of them demons. Y'all was telling me about that double demon <laughs> Went on one side my vocal, cord. but I just got where I couldn't, I couldn't do nothing, at all. And I thought, well, you know, I believe God. I believe God will take care of us. I said, but, uh, you know, this lady here, she's anointed of God. She's got a healing, a gift of healing that operates through her life, a gift of healing. And I sat there and worked myself up into hope. And I thought, well, well I'm struggling with this. Why do I got to struggle? If this lady's anointed of God here, and I'm not saying she wasn't, you know, she'd never laid hands on me. I just knew that other people were getting results. I'm getting up from where I'm at. I'm going up here. I don't care what they think. Let her hit me in the head with something. or do something. I'm, I'm going to do something. I got up there, and she come down this prayer line, and when she got to me, she took me and put a hand right here and a head right there. I think she's holding me where I couldn't get away from her. And when she put her hands on my head, I'm telling you, the power of God come out of her hands. And it went instantly to my throat, and I was set free, totally healed, and I didn't believe a thing. I didn't touch him or his garment. I was up there trying this stuff. You know what I mean? And it works. So that is a sovereign act of God. I'm not saying you can't get the healing line when somebody's anointed, and the healing power is flowing. But you know, you see more and more today... A lot of times, people are going through the motions, and I'm not believing. We do pray for people to believe in God. A lot of times, people are going through the motions and don't get nothing. But I mean, I received a healing in my body. I mean, instantly. Just like the one with the issue of blood. So I'm not saying this is the only way you can get healed. And Dr. Tip has probably taught us many other ways and things we can do. But your healing is dependent t- t- upon, determined more about what you do than what the Lord does. In other words, I had to make a decision to go up there and let the lady lay hands on me. If I hadn't went let Miss Wanda Casper and she recently, I know not real long ago, passed away. In what, four or five years ago? Right in there. But she was had a wonderful ministry over there in the Philippines. You know, and I became acquainted with her, you know. But she was anointed of God. I mean, she had a heal, gift of healing in her life. So Thank God for that. You know, and I'm not against you going to somebody's meeting that's got the gift of healing operating in them and receiving something from God. But don't put your hope in man. Put your trust and faith in God. So your healing is determined more by you than it is by the Lord. But again, I'm not saying this is the only way to get healed. But this is a guaranteed way to get healed. You can receive your healing. Supernaturally. So, what do you want from God? You can receive it. You got to reach out and take it and believe it. Be determined and say it's mine. And grab hold to it in the name of Jesus. That's what I have done in my life. When I, I made some adjustments, I made some changes, you know, but I don't put my faith in adjustments and changes I put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ but I do kind of believe this you shouldn't be trying to key yourself and asking the Lord to heal you at the same time <laughs> no way don't help the devil try to key you you know what I mean and, and stuff like that you ought to have some good uh, you know, Bible sense you know, about it as you go but uh, thank God for the healing power of God well did you get anything out of this today Are you healed from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet? I believe you are. Why don't you just stand up and let's make a confession. You know what I mean? And let's just reach out and take what belongs to us by faith. Can we do that? Because probably every one of us in here has had hands laid on us. Let's just go ahead and solidify and establish that. Say, Dear Heavenly Father,
0: Father,
1: I believe your word. word. Just Just as a lady with the issue of blood was determined to receive her healing from you. I'm just as determined today. And I believe that I have received healing from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Thank you that I am healed. Lord, I'm going to tell everybody, everywhere, what you've done for me so that you may be glorified. In Jesus' name, In Jesus. I, declare it to be so. I declare it to be so. Amen. Amen. Woo! You Amen. may be seated. I've enjoyed being here Lord. with you. I'm going to let uh, Dr. Chip preach a while. Hmm. I went to hell.
0: All right. So if uh, you'll open up your Bibles for the book of Romans, chapter 8, we'll get started there today. <laughs> That's Brother Randy said so we could preach a while. Amen. Uh, you know, Brother Randy, I, that uh, story of Mark chapter 5 about the woman with the issue of blood, I have probably read that in hundreds of translations, and I have not seen Leroy or Cornbread in any of those translations. So if, <laughs> if you could let me know what translation that is, I'd like to add it to my list, right? <laughs> Praise God probably a gospel of Le- uh, Leroy and cornbread there right there so praise God the Lord is good amen is he our healer you know the, the thing about the church is we have a right and a privilege you know because he called it the children's bread we can live in divine health amen and you know just that alone uh, can be a testimony amen I, I, uh, of course I don't you know me in the medical world we don't visit very often but on occasion we have to uh, go into the medical world but the, these doctors, when I go to the doctor, you know, I'm 58 years old, and they are amazed. They, they don't ask me uh, if I'm taking any medication. They ask me, what medication am I taking? And when I tell them, well, you know, I'm not on any medication at all. They say, you're not on any medication? No. They, Well, how do you sleep? I say, I sleep great every night. Well, you know, uh, you know what about, uh, you know, how do you feel? I say, I feel great every day, you know, and they just ask all these questions. What about your blood pressure? It's just normal as can be, and, and, and they look at me. I mean, they yeah they think i'm like a like a laboratory uh, experiment you know and and uh, uh you know the lord has promised us long satisfying healthy life amen uh, because the only way we can complete the great commission is to live in divine health amen uh, it's hard to complete the great commission going to all the world and preach the gospel if you're in bed amen uh, and so of course we're not mad at anybody you know it, it just is what it is so uh we're thankful that brother randy came Came and uh, joined with us today, Amen. And uh, he's heading up to Gatlinburg. In fact, as soon as we get done with the service, he's going to be heading. Uh, well, as I told Miss Patty, "Are you guys heading east after this?" And she paused for a long time. Uh, she, she wasn't sure which way. You know, Gatlinburg is, but <laughs> it's east, right? So, <laughs> that's all right. So, uh, but um, uh, he's going to be heading east here in a little while, and uh, the services will start uh tuesday evening at 7 p.m and then go wednesday morning wednesday evening and thursday morning and thursday evening so if you get a chance when you come up there um apparently there's going to be some pretty wild services amen so you know uh, he may preach the wallpaper right off the walls talking about demons amen and so but it's good to know that amen it's good to know that information so uh well, let's get ready this afternoon and receive an offering everything we receive today will go into the ministry of, of reverend randall greer uh and if you need to make a check make a check out to word of truth church we'll write him one check uh, for these meetings, and um, we're thankful that uh, Brother Randy can, can be here. Amen. And, you know, I was thinking about uh, he's been in a ministry now, I guess, 40 years or more, right? Uh, and so a long time. Uh, and, um, you know, one of the things that, uh, to me, uh, it's its always been, as long as I've been saved, it's, it's more important to me to know somebody who is successful in the sense of being faithful to the Lord for over a long period of time. Uh, that's more important to me than What was your failures? Amen. I know, brother Randy did uh, visit for a short time in in some of the uh, state institutions. You know, Uh, but uh, but that doesn't define him. Amen. Uh, And uh, you know, of course, uh, brother Hagen, he was in ministry for seventy plus years, and no scandals. You know, he was never no financial scandals, no marital scandals, no no uh, scandals in his ministry. And uh, you know, I want to know well. where are you today, and how did you get to where you? You know, I don't care about the failures; that's not important. What I want to know is, what have you been doing the last forty years? Amen. Have you been with the Lord these forty years? And and if you say I've been with the Lord for, that's what I want to know. Okay, if you've been with the Lord forty years, then then how do I stay with the Lord forty years? What can I learn from you that can keep me with the Lord forty years? I don't care that you failed fifty years ago; it, that's just completely unimportant. Amen. Now, what's important is is uh, you walk with the Lord forty years. Okay, well let's talk. Amen. Uh, so everything we receive today will go into his ministry, amen, uh, and come ahead, Mr. Jared, we will receive the offering, and then um, be sure to greet uh, Brother Randy as uh, uh, as he gets ready to head out there uh, to Gatlinburg, amen, and uh, normally there's really nice weather in Gatlinburg this time of year, but uh, um, I don't know where all this cold weather came from, so um, I don't know if, if uh, we might mention this to some of those global warming people, you know, uh, I always think it's funny about global warming. You know, we can't get the weather right a week ahead. They're telling us what it's going to be like 100 years. We're all going to die of heat. Like, you can't even tell me what the weather's going to be like tomorrow. But you're going to tell me what it's going to be like 100 years from now, guaranteed, absolutely 100 years from now. But what what, what's it going to be like tomorrow? We don't have any idea. You know, so anyway, my faith is always in the Lord. Amen. Uh, well, praise God. Well, we'll uh, be blessed. Have a wonderful week, Lord, and you're dismissed.